0: Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you are here. My guest today is Tara Judson Stariel, and she spent more than a decade brainwashed and controlled by an abuser. Her story of extricating herself, of healing, and of helping others is the focus of our program today. We'll talk about how to spot Predatory practices and how to gain insight into our own emotion, emotional vulnerability to help us find freedom on our path. Are you ready to meet her? Tara Judson Stariel is a licensed marriage and family therapist with more than 16 years of clinical experience. She's a certified EMDR2 therapist, a certified bioenergetic therapist, and she's also been trained in, tomat- in somatic experiencing. She specializes in trauma, depression, anxiety, and dissociative disorders. You can find out more about Tara and her work at thecenterforselfdiscovery.com. Tara, welcome to Out of the Fog.
1: Thank you, Karen. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. This, now, the book, which is entitled Sanity Lost and Found, A True Story of Brainwashing and Recovery. The book is a harrowing, in-depth, personal story. Of being influenced and then brainwashed and then finding your way again what what made you put something so very personal out there as a book? What do you want us to learn from this?
1: um Well, it wasn't easy to decide to be so vulnerable, but I felt that our i feel personally as human beings, our greatest contribution are is our experience, and so um, I felt that um, this was important to say, because in in life we we can become vulnerable. and so for for me to write this, I wanted people to learn about the basic ingredients that every human being needs, and how, even if that foundation isn't laid in a good enough fashion, that we have it, the clinical term is neuroplasticity. but the the good news is, that human beings are wounded in relationship and we are healed in relationship. And perhaps the most important thing is to learn how to manage our emotions and to find healing supportive relationships and to recognize where we are vulnerable and not, not allow our emotions to hijack us or get zealous by something that is destructive. And then finally to learn about the power of forgiveness.
0: Part of what was interesting to me in the book is that there would be these and you and you tell this. What's the right way to say this. So you tell this story in a very raw and open way. This is not one of those books that's written by someone who's dressing it up so that it'll be like a commercial bestseller. And it right. And so even though hard things happen to you, you were fully in control the whole time and you knew the whole time. And you this is a true and honest, as I receive it, harrowing account personal, intimate, vulnerable. There are places in this story where you gain an awareness that something is not right. And yet it feels like things keep pulling you back into the relationship or to the pattern or to the practices that keep you, um, I'm going to say like enslaved. That cycle of awareness and then kind of it's like somebody put your head under water again. Is that common in people who are experiencing trauma?
1: Oh, yes. Yes. It's called a trauma bond or and or it's called learned helplessness. There are two different aspects of how human beings adapt. And it's as if we live in a, a hypnotic trance. And so even though, you know, the battered wife syndrome, it's commonly referred to where uh, a very famous case was Patty Hearst. She became one of the terrorists because they deprived her, they abused her, they took advantage of her, and then she became a bank robber and she joined them. And that's what we do as human beings. We we are geared to survive. And so um, when we're in a fight-flight situation, our brain hijacks us, takes over, and we're in this trance-like hamster wheel and if our, if we're isolated from healing or supportive relationships, then that trance isn't broken. Even if it is broken, if the bond of trauma is so deeply entrenched, it takes time and time again to leave and and eventually leave for good, recognizing that that was destructive, this is not working for me, this isn't in my best interest, but it's a process. It's insidious how deeply ingrained we can be become brainwashed.
0: Can you share just whatever you're comfortable with, the bare bones version of what happened to you, what your experience was?
1: Yes, I was serving in Peace Corps in South America and the country I was serving in embraced the paranormal, supernatural, or something very new to me. And I had a series of events that just rocked my paradigm. And then the, the most profound one was um, a couple of pillars of light formed to my left and informed me uh, telepathically, and I wasn't on drugs. Uh, that if um, humans didn't change the way that we were living, life on planet Earth would not be as what we had known. And um, and then more information streamed through my head. I I was the most balanced and happy. that was the happiest i would ever been in my life. And I really didn't want that information. I put my head down and I said, no. And more information came in that, you know, you need to go back to the United States and share this message. And so I fought it for several months and um, paranormal phenomena kept happening to collude this is real, you need to do this. I mean, I prayed about it. And so when I went back to the United States, I was fully convinced that I had this mission by God given to me. Um, I didn't know what, how else to frame it, that I needed to you know, spread this message. Well, it fell on deaf ears. I mean, obviously it didn't go over very well. There were a few people. <laughs> but um, this kind of information was on the fringe. paranormal phenomena wasn't as openly embraced as it is now, the only person who was uniquely validated was this cult leader. And so that's how all that happened. It took me several years to blow through many different modalities, looking for answers, reading, doing just copious amounts of workshops, looking for a way that this will help me take the word out there, right, and save the world. And he had a master's degree in criminal psychology and, um, you know, it's like sharks blood to the water. Yeah, they can just zero in or, you know, the wolves pick out the the wounded and the weak in a herd and I was definitely one of those and he recruited me along with uh, six other women. There were six of us in all and uh, we all wanted to save the world in one way or another and um, that began the process of being promised a way to come closer to God and to take this message out into the world after I did his spiritual enlightenment program, and of course that was an insidious process of taking over our whole lives. So,
0: And how long were you with him?
1: I was with him for 12 years. And off and on was able to escape. I escaped several times, but as I was saying, that, that hypnotic trance just taking me back and uh, finally I was able to extricate myself you know completely and and actually saw him and told him what I thought of him but um, ultimately worked through all my hatred and then wrote him a I forgive you letter because I realized that what I was facing was the, the beast in me and he was mirroring that <laughs> my own self-hatred wow and mm, you
0: so you said that you left several times and came back and I would as someone reading the book you would get away and then all of a sudden here comes the phone call or here comes the right right, or here comes the circumstance and look and there he is again and it's like watching a movie we're going no don't no don't (laughs) and and you go right and you and you went back in when you left for good how did you know it was for good? What let you know this is the last time? This is the end. Right. I'm really done. I'm really out.
1: Well, towards the end he had these um he had said that my mission with him was not done until he ran out of money. And and I had this little pact with God. I kept he used to throw coins whenever he didn't get his spiritual guidance. And so I had this running prayer that when I get six coins that show the same, you know, heads or tails, I'll know that I'm done. And um, he ran out of money and we ended up at the doorstep of my benevolent grandmother and I threw my coins and I said, okay, this is it. You know, all of, you know, we had to do one more trip around the United States. We kept going, you know, we were spiritual vagabonds. We kept traveling around. We were homeless. And so I said, well, we, I did that. I did this. I did all those things that I was supposedly asked. And he's out of money. We don't have any more sponsors. He had a ton of money coming in to support, you know, to sponsor his work, this journey that we were about, that you'll find out about if you read it. But anyway, so I am sitting there with uh, six coins, and they all came up heads. And that was my sign that I had been waiting for. That's pretty, I don't know what the odds are, but that's pretty impossible. But anyway, I, I didn't fudge on that, so I um, knew I was done. <laughs>
0: How do you define brainwashing?
1: Oh, well, first of all, a person has to be emotionally vulnerable, and then brainwashing is a taking over of another, where where your thoughts aren't your own, where you you get hijacked, and you follow an ideal rather than what is coming from within you. So that still small voice that we all have is pretty much overridden by the megaphone in your head. And so this happens in our brains, in a certain portion of our brains that is easily influenced. A lot of TED talks about this, but it all starts with emotions. And so a person who is brainwashed is being unduly influenced against their will, usually doing something that is uh, self-destructive and they are not looking at their own needs first. It's the needs of another, and there's usually a charismatic leader who's in charge of them, who is the absolute ultimate authority. And your, our choice, you know, that individual's choices, like my choices, were completely overridden. What I wanted, what I wanted to eat, all of that didn't matter. So it's essentially being an automaton to another person. And this other person has no personal regard for your wants, your needs, your personal safety, your emotions. Everything is invalidated. That's when you're willing to do that. You've been brainwashed.
0: Hmm. And how then, through through therapy, through healing, how is that on How is that kind of clamp down on your brain? How is that unwoven? Well.
1: Um, like I said earlier, Karen, we're we're wounded through relationships and we're healed through relationships. So so the the part of our brain that's rational and relationally based is very adept at reality testing once we're in it, once we're accessing that part of our brain, if we're still on the hamster wheel and and, you know, in tunnel vision and not able to take a step back and look at the the rational or the lack of rationality, then, you know, we're, we're not ready yet. But eventually, I think that there is, there is an awareness within all of us that starts to rise to the surface to say, you know, look at what you're feeling right now. This doesn't feel congruent to who you are. This doesn't feel good. And so um, that's the... A person has to be willing to find a different way of living. And then you find supportive relationships and we start to feel the goodness of that and then it's juxtaposed with the negativity that's been imposed and the, the shame and the hatred that we've been indoctrinated with. And so it's, uh, and, and it's also necessary to have emotional support to work through all the negative emotions that have we've carried around in our brains and our bodies because of all those negative experiences. So it's 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 not so much a purging as a as a letting go of releasing and you know, using a North Star that's more positive and more relationally oriented, more loving, filled with compassion versus hate, anger, shame, fear. Mm-hmm.
0: That's beautiful. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. And I'm talking with Tara Judson Stariel. Her new book is Sanity Lost and Found, a true story of brainwashing and recovery. And you can find out more about Tara and her work at thecenterforselfdiscovery.com. When I was listening to you talk about that, getting kind of having the support, the rational mind coming in, this gentle, what to me feels like a kind of a loosening of something that that held you tight, forgiveness is a is a big part of that but it's it's hard to understand at least the strong feelings that i had as i was reading the book it's hard sometimes to think about how can you forgive someone who brainwashed you someone who abused you someone who traumatized you in the way and in and physically and emotionally mentally someone who traumatized you in those ways how do you find forgiveness in a situation like that
1: Karen, thank you for asking that. That's a really good question. Um, It's a process, and we overuse that in psychology, but that was one of the things that I was instructed to study was because I needed to find out how that had happened to me, and I was, as I thawed in my hypnotic trance, that dissociated place where I was disconnected from myself, I started feeling all this rage. I mean, I was a monster, and I wrote about that as well. Um, I mean... Um, not a complete out-of-control monster, but a couple of times my rage really did. I did things out of that rage that I was out of control and I was not sometimes a nice driver and that kind of stuff. So I put that in because that's that's what hatred does. That's what the lack of forgiveness can do is we become a perpetrator ourselves. We, you know, the victims become perpetrators. There's a saying, hurt people hurt people. So that's a cycle of, behavior and it's a, a reaction, a chain reaction, and it just continues to perpetuate evil stuff. And so if if we can move into the more relational part of our brain and the here and now recognize that's not happening right now, I'm safe right now, if we have people to soothe our emotions, if we have people to validate us, and of course safety is the number one thing, when we were in that cult situation we were not safe we were always at risk of being berated or physically um, battered or um, physiologically inhibited Our, our needs were deprived in some way that's not safe so anyway getting back to forgiveness happens when you've worked through enough of those emotions that you've cleared enough space in the fog if you will to borrow your analogy that you can start to see clearly that, yes, I'm filled with rage, I'm filled with anger, but to continue to perpetuate that, to harbor my thoughts on that is just going to continue it. That there must be another way, and, and compassion for one's self is very challenging, but yet that's, that's what I got from my therapist, from my family, was compassion. So I started to internalize that and started working on forgiving myself and then ultimately recognized that I needed to stop making this man more powerful by hating him, by feeding him with that hate, that I really needed to look at forgiving all of that, that that I wouldn't be the person I am today without having gone through all of that. that There's a, a famous philosopher, Nietzsche, who said, your worst enemies are your greatest teachers. I totally believe that as per my experience. But I don't believe I could have gotten the lessons had I not given up my emotional angst, you know, all the hatred I had about him. So forgiveness was the way through that, the way through that.
0: And that's the kind of forgiveness that's not, oh, that's okay.
1: Yeah, no, I'm over it now. It's not, <laughs> not that. That's a <laughs> lie, actually. Yeah, that's people are pretending. No, we have to really do soul-searching work. You know, it's like, what emotions do I still harbor in my body, and my mind about, what's happened to me. We need to work those through, allow those emotions, tell the truth about them. We don't need to act them out. That's part of what I wanted to show in the book too, is we just need to tell the truth. The truth liberates us. It it really is a way of loving ourselves and loving another, which leads to forgiveness, recognizing that it's it's all okay right now.
0: With... If there's somebody listening who is, has had that moment where their head comes up against up, up out of the waves and they're realizing that they're in a relationship where there's an unhealthy level of control or where they are not safe, what would you want them to know?
1: Uh, I I would want them to know, I would want them to ask themselves, do I feel smothered? Do I feel controlled? Are my choices validated? Has my lifestyle drastically changed? in you know, this amount of time that I'm with this person, I would want them to start finding one person, just seek out one person that they have known has been supportive and share what they have just recognized and to ask that one person to support them and to find others who are equally supportive to help them extricate themselves from that potentially abusive relationship, because if our rights are being violated, we are being abused. Just, I mean, that's an emotional wound. Physical abuse comes later, unfortunately. And I I would want that person to find support. Support, support, support is so important. It's safety, number one. But support, and there are so many agencies, so many places. Go see a therapist, go see a counselor, someone who can help you see how, your vulnerabilities have led have led you, excuse me, to be abused and how to learn how to heal that low self-esteem and learn how to find the love that's within you and bring that out so that you that's your experience not the experience of being abused.
0: And for those listening who may have a loved one or a friend or a family member who has been brainwashed or who is being controlled what I know one of the hardest things to do and I know this from my own personal experience is to stand and watch as something happens to someone you love and you know that it's wrong but you can't you, you can't get in there you feel like you don't have a voice you're not being listened to what can those of us who love people who are in abusive relationships do
1: Find support for yourself because that is really tough. I mean, my mother um, went through a lot about that, and um, you can definitely pray. I mean, I had people praying for me that I didn't know about until I got out, which I think that you know it's been scientifically proven that the power of prayer is very effective. Um, you know, join a focus group on um, on this issue. find support for yourself, as I said. Before and hold this, hold a lot of love and a lot of light, a lot of compassion around this person. Recognize that if you go toe to toe with them, trying to you know browbeat them or you know um, intellectualize them into a different way of thinking, it's just going to double down their defenses. The best, the best way is to approach them with compassion, to be an example of the kind of person that you hope they can reclaim. And um, and find support for yourself because it's tough to know and love someone who's being hijacked like that.
0: Now we're just at the end of our time. Can you let listeners know how they can find out more about you, where they can find the book, and how they can find out more about your work?
1: Uh, yes, thank you. Well, um, my I have a website. Uh, this uh, I have for my practice, but I have a website uh, being constructed. Sanity lost and found. I think it's being launched tomorrow. So they can find out about the book and I've written a blog, and we'll be doing more. The book is available anywhere books are sold. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can uh, find it at Barnes & Noble. They may not have it on the shelf. You can order it. It is um, available on paperback. Um, did that, what else was there?
0: Well and it, and it sounds like on the new website maybe there are resources for people who might be looking for help so there's information yes. about the book and it sounds yes. like you've written a blog so there's additional information that they can yes. connect with you there is that yes. sanitylostandfound.com
1: Yes it's okay. not as I say it's it's being birthed as we speak <laughs> We are witnessing the delivery the labor yes. and delivery of sanity yes, lost exactly. and found Exactly <laughs> we need many doulas for this process but anyway
0: it's thank happening. you so much for being on the program, and thank you for sharing not just the pieces of your story, but the as I listen to you, I hear the pieces of that healing and the way that you make that healing available to other people. So thank you for being on the show today.
1: Thank you very much, Kate.
0: That's Tara Jetson-Stariel, and her new book is Sanity Lost and Found, a true story of brainwashing and recovery. You can find out more about Tara and her work at thecenterforselfdiscovery.com. And also, would you type in sanitylostandfound.com? Check out that new website as that launches in the next few days or weeks, sanitylostandfound.com. And of course, I always invite you to check out karenhager.com. If you are looking for intuitive guidance, if you're looking for compassionate, practical ways to deepen your experience of the divine you might want to see if we're a good fit for a private session together that's at karenhigger.com, and there's a lot of other stuff about classes and events and all kinds of good stuff and if you believe as i do that when we focus our intention on change change occurs would you please check out open peaceful heart Dot com. That's a website where you can check out recordings of past guided meditations. And it also invites you to a free monthly 15-minute guided meditation where you can connect with me and with my partner and with people from around the world who want to focus on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. That's at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world. And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.